Hey y'all, it's Janice. Welcome to the Dirty Diversity Podcast. This is a place where we will be exploring equity, racism, and diversity. I am a DEI consultant, educator, writer, and professor who strives to center my work around the liberation of Black folks globally. More specifically, I examine and unpack how we can create structures that support the most marginalized folks in the workplace. This is a podcast where I will share my thoughts on all things diversity, equity, inclusion, racism, anti-racism, and Black liberation. My goal is to stimulate your mind and shift you to think in a way that you've never considered before. This podcast will feature my thoughts as well as the perspectives of different folks doing related work. If you want to learn more, pick up my best-selling books, Dirty Diversity and The Pink Elephant, where I explore workplace equity in more detail. Thank you for listening. Hey, y'all. Jay Nice on the mic. Recording this a little bit late, but it's going to get out on Monday um, because I am committed to... Um, my podcast cadence. I love Mondays. Mondays are like a fresh start to the week. Um, I know that people have mixed feelings about Mondays as a day of the week, but I like the fresh start that Mondays bring. And um, so yeah, we're back with another episode. I'm feeling a little tiny bit under the weather. And it's kind of annoying because summer colds are the worst. Um, but I feel like my throat is good, so I'm grateful for that. Um, But yeah, let's get into this episode. So, oh, let's talk about it, y'all. So last week on LinkedIn, y'all know LinkedIn is like my main stomping grounds out of all the social medias. I really want to be a TikTok girl, but it's, it's, it feels like a lot of work and I'm not always inspired to create TikTok content. I'm trying to get better though. Um, I'll, I'll drop my TikTok info in the show notes if you want to connect with me on TikTok. It's the same name as a lot of my social media accounts, which is Janice J. Nice. I say a lot. It's only one social media account that's Janice J. Nice, which is my Instagram. But now my uh, TikTok is also by the same name. But so some of y'all listening to this may be really active on LinkedIn, so you probably already know what I'm talking about. For the rest of you who don't like, who aren't on LinkedIn as heavy, there was like, I don't even know what you want to call it, a fight brewing. Um, let me not call it a fight. There was like a really interesting discussion happening on LinkedIn after a consultant, a DEI consultant posted um, how they felt like there was a difference between justice and diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how the work that DEI consultants do is not, or they do not consider that work justice work, right? And I want to state, I wanted to take this time, I wanted this episode to focus on my specific thoughts. I'm not going to name this consultant because I feel like there's there's other people that feel this way, and I don't want this to be an attack on that specific um, consultant. And it's not really about them. It's more so about just like the people who were who who agree with this, right? So I wrote an article about this topic 
And if you're interested in reading, I have it as the the first article in the show notes. But basically, I would I so every month what I do is like I create a list of articles that I want to cover for the month, right? Um, I'm a note section fiend, so I'm always in the note section of my phone, and that's I w- that's where I put my to do list, and I just love the note section of my phone. That's where my whole life lives, right? Anything that pops into my head, I write my dreams down. I have a dream journal, but I also write it down in my phone um, if I'm like out somewhere and I'm not at home and I think about a dream that I had the previous night or the previous day or whatever. So I had already, it's interesting, I wrote this article and maybe I'll do a whole, t- uh, maybe I'll do a whole episode on this article. I wrote an article about the master's tools and what that means for DEI practitioners and what the master's tools are in this work. So Audrey Lord famously wrote that the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. And that was a really profound line that Lord wrote that I think requires us to consistently examine what that means. And so I wrote an article kind of exploring what the master's tools are in DEI. And um, so when I wrote this article, I was talking about these ideals of justice and liberation. And on my list of articles to write for August, I actually had um, this idea of like where liberation and justice fits into DEI work. Ironically, this whole debate about justice versus DEI started brewing on LinkedIn last Thursday. And I had not really crystallized the article. Like I had the idea and a couple things I wanted to touch on, but I didn't actually like finalize the article. And when I saw the debate, I was like, let me take the weekend to finish this article. So I'm much better. I've told you all this before. I'm much better articulating myself when I write. I'm a writer at heart. That's what I do. I think I, I write better than I actually physically talk and communicate, even though I do think I am a strong communicator. Uh, Sometimes I don't always get my point across in the ways that I want to when I'm speaking, right? So like when me and my partner have a disagreement, sometimes I'm I'm an Aries. So for those of y'all that are not into zodiac signs and astrology, Aries can tend to be very impulsive, right? And I'm very direct in the way that I speak. And sometimes I have to be more mindful of the fact that not everybody is able to handle someone speaking to them in a direct way. So I, when I want to get a point across, I always find that I have an easier time when I write. So I had many thoughts when I saw this consultant on LinkedIn post that they think justice is d- divorced from DEI work. And I was like, let me write an article, right? That's my rebuttal, right? If I were a, like a rapper, I don't believe in like, I me personally, when it comes to like romantic relationships, I'm private about that. I don't believe in talking, talking, talking about everything that's going on in your life. I do believe in putting it in the music and to me as a like <laughs> a, a rapper in, in my mind, I feel like I put it in the music as in I put it in my writing. So when I have something I want to say or I want to do a rebuttal or a diss track, I I write, right? So 
So, yeah, so this consultant, um, and I'm, I'm just sharing my perspective of what they posted. There was a consultant who um, is a notable voice on LinkedIn and in the space, and they wrote a status on LinkedIn about how they felt like DEI work is not the same as justice work and that they don't call themselves, some consultants call themselves DEIJ and the J is for justice. Some, some of them call themselves DEIJ practitioners and how this individual indicated that they don't call themselves a, they don't add the J to the acronym because they feel like the work of DEI practitioners is not the same as justice advocates and activists and the work that they do, right? And I understand the sentiments that, um, that, were, try- that were being made on the post, but my issue was like the divorcing of justice and liberation. You know, this individual didn't mention liberation, um, but it's something that I've been thinking about already and where liberation fits into this work. And I feel like although the argument could be made that the work that many of us as DEI consultants do is not justice focused or justice centered or centered in liberation. I believe that we should be striving for that, right? And I think that you can't, I don't know if I agree with making a sweeping um, generalization about a lot of people who do this work. I I, I think, and, and, and let me just say, I think that this individual was speaking only to their work and the way that they do this work but my issue is the divorcing of the two. I think when we do this work, we must be thinking about the an end goal of justice and how we can be a conduit for justice within the organizations and institutions and systems and structures that we work within. You know, in the article, I talked about how we first like to have this conversation we have to first start off by defining these terms right what does what does justice mean and when i looked up um the definition of justice there's several different definitions but when i looked up the definition of justice one of the um definitions from dictionary.com was equitableness, right? So equity and justice are very similar and I think they could be used synonymously. Um, But when thinking about liberation, liberation, one way we could think about it is the act of freeing someone from domination. I thought that was a really interesting definition, right? So then the question becomes, do DEI practitioners have the ability to promote equitableness, right? And I do think inherently in the definition of diversity, equity, and inclusion is the term equity. So we should be working from an equity lens. Just because we should be doing something doesn't mean that there is a general practice of this thing taking place. So I do think that a lot of DEI work centers on the representation piece. You know, making sure that we have the uh, the number of racial uh, racialized racially marginalized communities, minoritized groups in the workplace, right? Because that's the most visible thing, aside from gender. Um, 
race and ethnicity is the most visible way to assess quote unquote diversity. So people put a lot of focus on those things, right? But as we all know, you know, the having representation doesn't necessarily mean that there's anything being done to ensure that those people from underrepresented backgrounds feel included and feel like they're being treated fairly, right? So, and I also think it's actually quite harmful to invite people into an environment that is not friendly and is harmful and is going not and the folks in that environment are not going to embrace them right so i do think that all all dei work should be justice work and i think that because diversity education gained prominence in the 60s right following the civil rights movement the purpose of the civil rights movement was justice for black Americans in the United States. So any sort of offshoots of the civil rights movement, such as diversity education, should have a central focus of justice, right? Because the purpose of diversity education was a lot of companies um, implemented or put money and resources into diversity education, honestly, to avoid litigation. People were not trying to get sued. Following the civil rights movement, we had the passage of Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And Title VII basically said, it is illegal to discriminate in schools and in workplaces against people based on a set of protected classes, right? I think there were five, a set of five protected classes initially. I always forget them, but religion, race, national origin, sex, and color, I think is is one. And then they amended the 1964 Civil Rights Act, Title VII, to include um, in 1991, I believe that they added um, the Americans with Disabilities Act. They also added age. Um, so it's illegal to discriminate against someone over the age of 40. Um, in 2018, I believe, and somebody fact check me, in 2018, I believe that the Supreme Court um, amended Title VII to include the LGBTQIA plus community. So there have been several iterations of Title VII of the Civil Rights Act and diversity education was initially created as an offshoot of that right as we saw more of an emphasis on helping black americans gain justice we see all of these things popped up we saw affirmative action right um later on and we saw all of these 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 things and so i feel like inherently in the the work of dei and i'm using air quotes when i say work any of us doing anti-oppression work should be justice oriented, right? I think that goes without question. And so my issue with anyone who's proposing the divorcing of these of DEI injustice, I think it, it is problematic because I think that the the guiding light, the North Star of this work should be justice. We should be striving for justice. But again, just because we are striving for something doesn't mean that our work is rooted in it. Doesn't mean we're moving, we're, we're, we are helping to produce actions that promote it, right? Uh, so I, I, I struggled with this, right? But I, I think that ultimately we also have to think about liberation, 
what does liberation mean? And going back to that definition, liberation means freedom from domination, right? And I know that some folks would be like, well, um, it's impossible for one person, such as a chief diversity officer or a um, diversity manager or a DEI practitioner to liberate all people who are under dominance. But I think that one of the quotes, I, I included a quote in the article that I wrote, and the quote is from Erica Minor um, and Erica R. Minor, sorry. And in the quote, Erica Miners wrote, liberation under oppression is unthinkable by design. So there's no way for someone to be liberated under or in a, an oppressive system is a way that I interpreted Erica's quote, right? And so by this philosophy, is it possible to achieve liberation in a workplace that is oppressive? No, under this philosophy, right? So then what is our job or what is our role as DEI practitioners our role, and this is just Janice Gassam Asari's definition, our role is to help workplaces be less oppressive, right? I don't know if we will ever, I hope my job one day becomes obsolete. I was on a, a coaching call earlier today and I was telling um, the person that I hope that my job is obsolete, becomes obsolete. I would much rather write, be doing creative writing I loved creative writing growing up in elementary school. I want to be writing creative novels and stories, and I don't want to be writing about anti-racism, right? That is very, it is very exhausting. And someone close to me, I was having a conversation, as y'all can hear, all of the noises in the background. One thing that really annoys me about the area that I live in the summertime is people are always doing the most doing too much on their motorcycles why do y'all have these exhaust pipes or whatever on the cars that make all the noise like i will never ever understand that but sorry for all the noise y'all but you know i would not i don't want to be doing writing about anti-oppression all the time and i was having a conversation with somebody that i'm close with and this person asked me I don't, or this person said rather, I don't know how you do the work that you do because I personally could not do that work, right? And this is a person that works in healthcare. And I was like, I don't know how you do the work you do because healthcare is not my stilo. I could not be that close to people at the end of their life. Like that's not something that I could do. Right. But this person said, your job seems so exhausting. Talking about oppression and racism day in and day out can wear on you. And I absolutely you are absolutely correct. Right. And so I want my job to be obsolete. But I also grapple with the fact that or I grapple with this idea of whether or not in my lifetime I will see a workplace that is 100 percent free from oppression because. When you think about it, right, the way that I'm, my mind is working, when you think about oppression, I think capitalism is a, there's no way to be an ethical capitalist. I don't know. Some people may argue that there is, right? I, I don't know. I guess I don't know if I'm here to argue um, either which way, but I, I personally don't feel like there's a way to for capitalism to be I don't think that there is a way to make capitalism not oppressive, right? Because for 
capitalism to work, you have to exploit the other people's labor. So I don't know if in a workplace it is possible for a, a, a for-profit, I should, I should um, point that out, right? I'm not speaking to nonprofits. That's a whole nother beast. But I think for a for-profit organization, I don't know if it's possible for it to be 100% free of oppression, right? And because of that, I don't know if based on the, the definition of liberation that we are operating under, liberation is freedom from domination. I don't know if that's, possible in a for-profit workplace because the nature of capitalism is oppressive and so because of that i personally janice as one person i think that my role as a dei practitioner is to help workplaces to become less oppressive ideally it is to help workplaces become free from oppression but i don't even know if that is possible in a capitalist system and i am a hundred percent willing to hear other perspectives and if any of you listening completely disagree with me i love reading other people's perspectives what i'm not really interested in doing i don't know if i have the mental space to like debate people on this topic right it's interesting because i left a comment on the consultant who posted this you know who sparked this discussion i left a comment on their linkedin post and there was there's a few people who wanted to like i don't want to say bait me but wanted to engage me in a discussion about why they disagreed with me and i don't have the mental capacity for that if any of y'all read my book the pink elephant which i'm a i'm a drop i'm gonna have a link the second link in the show notes will be to purchase your copy of The Pink Elephant if you're interested. And I have a story to tell you in a second. But if any of y'all read my book, The Pink Elephant, you would know. I stated in that book, I don't go back and I don't make a regular practice of like debating people online. I don't usually see a benefit to doing that. Sometimes, a lot of times people like to hop online to troll and for attention and for clout. And I just don't have the energy for that. I'm not, a lot of people are energy vampires online, right? And they want to get a rise out of people. And I'm just not with that. I'm not for that. So I, um, yeah, I just don't often engage in it. There were some people that wanted to engage me. And like I told y'all in the beginning of this episode, I'm like a... (laughs) I feel like I, in my mind, I'm like a rapper, right? And if I'm a rapper, I drop a diss track and then I don't go back and forth with people. I don't need to go back and forth with you to argue a point, right? And so I think when you have an issue or you have a disagreement, I just, unless it's like we're out somewhere, right? I see somebody and they're like, yo, Janice, I read your article and this is how I feel. I love to engage people in that way, but I'm not going to be like in an inbox going back and forth, right? And so I feel like I dropped my diss track. And again, this is not anything like personal against the consultant who posted what they posted on social media. It's more so like those are my these are my ideas. But I, I'm always open to hearing new perspectives. And I'm not the type of person I think as I'm getting older, I'm not as stubborn as I was when I was younger. I'm just not that stubborn of a person. I am always willing to like hear new perspectives and change my mind when I'm presented with new information that helps me to see something from a different perspective. So 
that is my take on the whole like DEI slash just justice debate. Some of y'all may not know what I'm talking about if you're not like active on LinkedIn or if you're not like tapped into certain communities and enclaves, I guess you could call it on LinkedIn. But um, I linked to the initial post. I don't know if this individual will keep that post up. It did spark a lot of conversation. I hope that they do keep the post up, but if you're interested in um, reading more about my thoughts, I have a link to the article, the first link in the show notes, and again, the second link is my book, which brings me back to the point that I wanted to share. So this weekend, some of y'all know I live in the New York City area, so um, there was a birthday party I went to this past weekend in Harlem, and I was, I was at a bar, I was standing behind these two black women who smelled amazing, right? Like cinnamon and baby powder and all of this. And I was like, oh my gosh, these women smell amazing. So I whispered to them, I was like, y'all smell amazing. And one of the girls, she turns and she's like, hey, I know you. And I was like, you do? And she's like, the pink elephant. Oh my gosh, y'all, I like was on cloud nine. I was so hyped. I gave her a hug and everything. And I know in like the COVID era that we live in, and I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, I just don't make a regular practice of hugging random people that I don't know. But I was so excited and so happy that she's read, she said she read my book. And I was just so happy. So I gave her a hug. I was like, oh my gosh. So black, I say all this to say black women hold a special place in my heart. And black women are just so like, supportive and just amazing and magical and sweet and so shout out to all of y'all who have gotten the pink elephant book um if you are not a physical book person there is a link to the pink elephant audiobook also in the show notes i recorded the audiobook um in june of this year and it actually uh, June of this year no June of last year my fault y'all and I took last year off like the whole month of July and my audiobook was live on audible when I was like off so I was like excited but then I was like I'm not promoting it because I'm like taking a break but yeah so all of that info is in the show notes but I just wanted to offer my additional like spoken word perspectives even though I dropped my diss track even though I dropped my perspective but I would love to I hope that this episode has you thinking about DEI work from a different perspective if liberation and justice were not variables or frameworks that you would initially consider when thinking about this work. So that is where I'm going to leave today's episode. And I also have to announce that I just added a new service where I'm offering like pick your brain, 15 minute pick your brain sessions. Um, so I have uh, in the third link in the show notes, you'll see is to the pick your brain session um because i feel like i get asked um in the dms questions about anti-racism in the workplace so i want to provide space for individual like coaching and consulting calls so if that's something you're interested in the link is number three in the show notes and so yeah i haven't announced that on any other platforms yet i think i'm gonna send um information about it um, this week sometimes. So if y'all are subscribed to my email list, you'll see that in the email. If not, all of the info is um, the number three link in the show notes. So without further ado, that's where I'm going to end today's show. Thank y'all so much for listening. I think I'm going to have an episode for y'all next week, which will be August 16th. And I think I'm going to have something for y'all. Sorry, August 15th. 
I think I'm gonna have something for y'all August 22nd and even August 29th. Yeah, so we we staying consistent. We on our consistent wave, right, for the summer. So thank y'all so much for listening, for supporting. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As a independent creator, it really helps with visibility. And that is where I'm going to leave the episode. I love y'all, and I will check y'all out in the next episode.